Formula One silly season is in full momentum, but only three seats remain unconfirmed for the 2022 season. And surprisingly, there are very few Formula Two drivers in the mix. Why is that the case? Well, we are here to discuss that conundrum. Um, I'm Craig Willard, as always, and I'm joined this week by Alejandro Alonso Lopez, Roger Gascoigne and Bethany Waring to discuss all of that and also Formula Three at Zandvoort. Um, and a few other bits as well. So, Roger, I'll come to you first because um, you've been out and about quite a lot uh, in, in, in recent weeks. Um, you're certainly dry from, from Spa now, but um, just sort of generally, how, how was your, your, your time there and uh, where you've been also in the last week? Well, I can do the travelogue of the journey between Spa and, and Zandvoort uh, later, but um, yes, I, I think... You know, the two weekends were such a huge contrast in in all respects, not only the weather. Clearly, most people have seen you know, the atmosphere at, at the circuit in, in Zandvoort. And, uh, you know, I think I commented to the to the team at the time on Friday morning. I've, I've never seen such a huge crowd for first Formula 3 practice session at uh, whatever, 10 o'clock on a Friday morning and uh, with such intense enthusiasm for, for the sport and Formula 3 cars was, was very pleasing to see. Um, I suppose the one thing that struck me and, and seeing the other races over the weekend, that the Zandvoort circuit seemed pretty ideally suited for Formula 3 cars. Um, that may also be because of the, the DRS. I mean, clearly the circuit was probably too fast um, or the Formula One cars were too fast for the circuit to get much overtaking, and uh, possibly the W Series was was a bit slow, um, and without the DRS was also not really conducive to to a lot of overtaking. But I think the Formula Three races, we had uh, we had three crackers, and uh, probably again following Spa, um, Formula Three was was definitely the best best racing of the weekend. I guess in Spa, possibly by default, but um, uh, definitely um, very impressive, impressive drives from from all concern and, and very exciting racing, enough overtaking, but not too much to make it easy. Mm. Yeah, certainly. Um, I, I was certainly impressed with with Zandvoort as well and, and the atmosphere and the, the proper festival vibe that, that it gave off. I thought it was really fascinating to to see in a shot right up my, my own personal bucket list for, for the future. But um, let's move on to, to Formula One and the world of Formula One and the silly season and all that sort of malarkey. Um, and I suppose everyone sort of knows who's going where at the moment, but uh, we'll just run through the very, very, very quickly who who's going where and who isn't going where, basically. Uh, Kimi Raikkonen's off to retire. Um, he's being replaced by Valtteri Bottas and Bottas is being replaced by George Russell. Uh, that is all we know at the moment. And that leaves three seats up for grabs, subject to the confirmation of drivers being confirmed at um, Haas and Aston Martin. Um, but strangely, we, we've, we find ourselves in this sort of situation where there aren't too many F2 drivers being being linked. We've only got one realistically in contention and that is Guanyu Zhou um, who's currently second in in the Formula 2 championship um, in his third season with with Alpine um, so you know and he's got a bit you know a little bit of F1 experience under his belt doing a few 
tests here and there in a, in a free practice session as well. Um, but I'll come to, to Alejandro um, next. First of all, would you say that you're a little bit surprised at the lack of F2 drivers being um, sort of mentioned at the moment? Yes and no. I say yes because everyone expects Formula 2 drivers to be ready and prepared to go to Formula 1 the following year. And no, because of the format of the category this year, which is awful and in my opinion, it prevents the drivers from any chance of stepping up to Formula One because all the Formula One seats are already taken. We know that the main negotiations in the Formula One drivers market take place in the summer and summer's gone and there's still half of the Formula Two season to be raced. So that's, in my opinion, a big issue for those aiming to step up to Formula One, because no one knows how how the the, club, the standings will look like by the end of the season. For example, in the previous years, we have already had like eight rounds, nine rounds by the time we we get to Monza, and now we have just had four rounds and we are having the fifth, but it's so, so complicated to know what's gonna happen because the format is so, so unpredictable. If you get it wrong in the first race, it's probably two races that you are taking zero points and then things get tricky. So yeah, on the one hand, I'm surprised because you always expect Formula 2 drivers, especially those winning races, to be at the top and in contention for a Formula 1 seat. But on the other hand, I'm not surprised at all because of all I've said all regarding the, the format. And I, I, and I, I really hope that they rethink it and sort it out for the following season. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it, Formula 2 is chaotic, is it? Uh, well, without having extra sprint races and, and all that sort of stuff. So we find ourselves in a, in a situation where we have a totally narrativeless season at the moment. We, we've just got a bunch of drivers winning races, um, some winning races more convincingly than others, uh, one weekend and then um, a different team is very much at the front of the grid the next weekend. So we, we, we still don't know who's going to realistically be the championship contenders. And the weird thing is, is that we're probably not really going to know who are the championship contenders until we get to Abu Dhabi. That's in December, which is a bit of an issue. So all of the seats are definitely going to be filled um, by then. They're almost certainly going to be filled by the time we get round to Sochi in a couple of weeks' time. So that means that all of the drive, all of the F2 drivers have effectively been left out in the cold. Um because of 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 the format and, the, and because of the calendar this season um it, it's not quite the same as like with formula 3 where you've had um you know a pretty simple championship fight in a lot of regards um between between two drivers pretty much um but because formula 2 is formula 2 and formula 2 is so chaotic 
Um, and the drivers were saying as, as the season started, 10 drivers realistically are in, in championship contention, which is which seems to be holding true. So one of those drivers is going to end up finishing 10th and it's going to look a little bit daft for a Formula One team to promote a driver to Formula uh, Two. Formula One next season, um, and they only finished tenth in the championship. So it, it is a very difficult situation for all of the Formula Two drivers to be in, um, and the format is going to have to to have a major rethink um, if that's going to be avoided again in the future. So, and I, I think that's something that the the organisers have gotten on gotten on to um, fairly quickly. Um, and uh, I suppose other factors, there are other factors at play as well um, as, as to why Formula 2 drivers aren't necessarily being, being spoken of. Um, they're one of the few teams that have actually got a seat open, that's Alfa Romeo. They're thinking of their driver for 2023, not for 2022. So <laughs> that ends up, that means we have a, a situation where we might have a driver and being promoted to Formula One, perhaps from the world of Formula E of all places, um, for for a simple stopgap year. So it's such a challenge at the moment. And you know, Williams, the other team, the the, the team with two seats, um, they they've only got one academy driver in in Formula Two now, and that's Roy Nassani, who um, you would have to say probably isn't going to make Formula One, especially on on merit alone. Um, they have a former. Uh, academy driver in 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 the championship as well in in Dan Tictum, but um, he's very much broken ties with that team. So it, it seems at this point that his his hopes are over of a, of a Formula One drive going forward. Um, and I mean, there are even more factors at play when you have the likes of uh, you know Mercedes head of motorsport Toto Wolff saying that he's not overly keen on Red Bull contracted drivers being plonked in at a um, at Mercedes customer team, so you can rule William. You can rule Red Bull um, drivers being placed in at, uh, at Williams, for example. So, uh, yeah, Yuri Vips and, and Liam Lawson cross those two off off, off the list for sure. Um, especially after um, Yuki Tsunoda and Pierre Gasly were confirmed um, just this morning at the time of recording on a Tuesday. So, it, it's really really difficult for for a driver to. To make the step up and we find ourselves with with Guan Yu Zhou being the one driver really being spoken about um Alpine Junior Alpine is working on on getting a driver into Formula One next year um Bethany I'll come to you next because I haven't actually spoken to you yet today um would, is Joe like an acceptable driver to to make to you know be promoted into Formula One for next year um should he make it and what do you make of his chances of landing a seat either with Alpha or with Williams? Um, yeah, we we kind of all expected him to do really well last year. Well, you all expected him to do really well last year. I kind of forgot he existed, which is apparently what Alpine did. And then Alpine suddenly remembered after signing uh, an old guy th that they had a junior and... Uh, the, we talked. You talked a lot about how the um, how the calendar being so spread out is bad. But Alpine made that decision after one round, after two, after two races. So is, is, even if you had all the F two races before the start of this F one season, you probably 
it wouldn't necessarily help all that much. But no, I think right now, Joe's probably the best bet for for of any of the F1 of any of the F2 drivers, not just because he's the only one being spoken about, but because he's got the backing and he's his ties with Alpine because Alpine don't have a junior team is probably a bit better than um, than Lawson trying to get a seat at Williams, especially because the Alpine boss hasn't been antagonizing Toto Wolf in recent weeks. Yeah, 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 you'd have to certainly say that's the case. Um, I'm very much sort of on the fence um, with with Joe. I feel like with all of the talented drivers that we've got this season in, in Formula 2, um, I do feel like it would be a bit of a crying shame for him to be the only one to to make the, the step up to Formula 1 next year. But, I mean, that's motorsport sometimes, I guess. Um, drivers do tend to miss out and um, there's every chance that because they miss out this year that they might end up missing out next year as well but it's a funny old game Formula One um, and we shall see how things play out but uh, I, I think we should just run and run through just some of the drivers very quickly who like probably would have been in contention in, in pretty much any other year Oscar Piastri I haven't got a clue where he's going um is on, you know, is potentially going to win three championships in a row, um, including Formula Two and Formula Three, which no one's done in, um, so you know, the modern era, essentially. And I haven't got a clue where it's going. Not linked with anything anywhere, um, which is amazing. Robert Schwartzman probably could have been linked with an Alfa Romeo seat had his season gotten off to a better start. Um, you know, he could still end up taking the title, but seems unlikely now. Um, you know, Yuri Vips, we've already spoken a little bit about him. Um, Red Bull back, that, that's definitely an issue. Um, and he got jumped by Sonoda in the in the Pecky order last year, which seems to have really hit his um, F1 hopes quite badly. Um, Felipe Drogovic, not F1 linked, but his IndyCar linked. Um, Christian Lungard, another driver who probably would have been linked with F1 for this year had things gone a little bit better. He's obviously linked with IndyCar after his um, brilliant debut, Marcus Armstrong, a driver who has not had the rub of the green in Formula 2. He's also linked with IndyCar, so there seems to be a little bit of a recurring theme here. Um, although I'd be very surprised if some of these drivers don't end up racing in sports cars as well. Um, but I think that's sort of just generally the, the general gist of, of why the F2 um, drivers haven't featured so much in 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 the in the conversations um roger i don't know if you've got anything anything else to to add really from from your perspective yeah i mean i think we've, we've covered a number of the points and particularly you know alejandro talked about the the way the season's been been structured and we're, we're only you know four meetings into the season and uh you know equivalent stage last year schumacher tsunoda were not in the top three, um, obviously came with late runs at the end of the season, and, and that's going to happen at the end of the year. I think the names you've, you've just gone through, you know, we've got a group of second-year drivers, or I guess third-year in the case of Joe, um, and probably Schwartzman and Lundgaard have been disappointing in terms of results. We probably would have expected them to kind of have kicked on and... Uh, 
been the sort of prime candidates for going up into Formula One, you know, seats, uh, seat availability permitting, of course. And I think you touched on it earlier, Craig, you know, Porsche and, and probably also Piastri Lawson, that the assumption was probably that they're going to spend two years in, in Formula Two. And we're in the stage, as, as you rightly said, that, you know, Piastri could win it, Porsche could, could win it. Um, and uh, it, it's going to come probably outside of the original planning of their uh, their uh, academy owners, and uh, probably too late in the season for uh, for any Formula One team to, uh, to 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 take them. You'd have to say they're probably very strong potential, but you know people are looking at 2023. I guess more more likely for those. Um, I think the Formula Two structure, as, as Alejandro mentioned, you know, it's intended to even the field and to give everybody a chance to basically lead a race, rather than to help the world select the or identify the best driver to go up into Formula One, which is which is a problem with with the structure. And I, I think the Formula One bosses tend to be too conservative. Um, and, and are looking at names that have been around for a long time. I'm sure Hulkenberg is still in the frame somewhere. And, and we tend to come back to the same names every time without uh, necessarily taking, taking a risk um, for somebody that you would expect to be there in, in not, maybe not within a year, maybe two. Maybe Tsunoda has not helped that with his performance this year. So I think there are a number of factors we do have a strange, strange year this this time, but it is it is a shame that none of them, uh, based on you know the results in the first four rounds, are um, at the top of people's lists. Yeah, certainly, and and something that sort of just entered my mind as well, really is I'm a, some really really does surprise me because surely drivers who have been driving around in the 18 inch rim Pirellis will have a little bit of a, an upper hand over um, the, the current crop of drivers, um, bar the, the three rookies um, uh, going forward as well with, with having that experience. They're very, very different tyres to manage. Um, I don't think that's necessarily appreciated enough um, compared to their 15 inch rim counterparts. So uh, that sort of experience will be sort of invaluable to a team. So that's something that really does surprise me um, e even more, um, especially if we're going into an entirely new generation of car. I know um, teams will probably want to have an experience there to be able to direct direct um, development in, in some way, but at the same time, it would be less of a uh, hindrance for, for rookie drivers coming in because, well, it'll be the first thing that they'll be um, necessarily aware of. Um, but I think that, that sort of concludes this this section and hopefully... Um, we've helped to sort of explain a little bit as to why why the F2 drivers aren't, aren't featuring so much. But let's move on to uh, Zandvoort. Um, and as some people expected, uh, Dennis Hauger's uh, performance at Spa was very much a blip. Um, and he's pretty much got one hand on, on the trophy, uh, well, the, the, the driver's championship now after opening up a rather healthy 43-point lead um, over the weekend. Um, things didn't quite go all his way, though. He suffered a puncture in the second race, um, which dropped him well out of the points, only for Doohan to go off 
uh, moments afterwards, uh, running wide and taking himself out of the points as well. So, um, overall, uh, Bethany, let's go to you. Um, I'm, I'm sure you're able to, to catch some of the, the racing. I hope you got your notes nearby. I've got my notes. Good, good. Um, so, what did you make of the weekend overall? Yeah, like you said, Dewan was back on form. I think the first two races in particular were really exciting. It kind of toned down a bit for race three, which I, to my memory anyway, which I was quite glad for. But um, yeah, I think it was it was a great weekend and I think it kind of set me up for some better races in F1 than what we got because there were some fantastic moves. There were moves where where people weren't expecting moves to come from. Leclerc made a fantastic start in race one, which just kind of blew me away. And then that that ending, the ending to race two, where both the championship drivers kind of were wiped out within a matter of corners, um, very reminiscent of Formula E in a way. But I was, I, it was just my mind mind blowing, and I think doing. In particular, if it comes very close, we'll kind of rue that because that wasn't um, Halga's incident wasn't his fault, whereas Dewan's was very much more in in his control. So the the ten or so points he would have gotten for that would have really helped his championship fight. As it is, he needs a small miracle. He needs. Um, basically, how good to not show up this week at the uh, um at Sochi, sorry, and then to win everything and get get pole position and everything. But I, it doesn't seem like that's possible with this format. So it really is how good to lose. But um, we've seen it happen before, not in not in with this format, but it can happen. Mm, yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, I, I think across the whole season, only two drivers, Halger and Doohan, have actually scored 43 points in a single weekend. Um, I think Doohan did it at uh, Paul Ricard and Halger did it at um, the Red Bull ring. So um, it's a fairly rare occurrence and um, we'll have to see how that pans out uh, going forward. Um, but Alejandro, coming to you, do you think that Halger's got the, the championship um, signed and sealed or... Uh, can can something happen at Sochi? Oh, that's a bit of news. The finale is at Sochi now, not Austin. Yeah, probably has its sailed by now. I mean, I thought that Duhan really had a chance a chance after Spa because I had the opportunity to talk to to him in the press conferences, and he looked like he looked so calm and. He explained his plan in every single press conference, maximizing his potential, taking the most the most points out of each race, and it worked. It went well there, and I hoped he could carry on that trend to Sambor, but it wasn't the case. And yeah, now forty three points down, it's a big gap. And the same is for Trident in the in the team's championship. They were so close after Spa, and now with especially with Schumacher's DNF in race three, they are a long way back again. So it's 
it's going to be tough both for Duhan and for Fryden to close the to close the gap coming into that last round. One round which has been pretty good in the past for, for Prema. So yeah, it's gonna be tricky for them. Yeah, certainly. And you bring up a very good point. Prema has got a uh, very good form around Sochi. Um well, both in F2 and F3, um, it seems so. Um, but Roger, trackside, what did you make of uh, of uh, Hauger and Doohan in particular uh, this weekend? Well, as, as you said, you know, um, Hauger back to uh, back to form was unlucky, obviously, to get the puncher uh, in in the second race and and dominated the third. I, I think. Uh, by by virtue of, of Schumacher qualifying second, who then tended to hold the field up a little bit in the third, and nobody could get close to him. Um, I'm always skeptical of the reverse grid races, and you know, you look at Halger, and I think he's been first or second in five out of six feature races, and first or second in five out of six qualifying sessions, all apart from Spa. So. Um, I think uh, you know we 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 commented on this in in the week after Spa that it really was a blip and and Zandvoort picked that out. I, I would also mention Victor Martins. Um, obviously, he put his hand up and said, you know, my mistake. I uh, clobbered Schumacher, and uh, you know, hands up, my fault. But uh, probably across the two weekends, he was obviously mighty impressive. Is a rookie, top rookie. Uh, in the series, um, obviously has raced at Zandvoort in, in Euro Cup and I think won there last year. Um, <clears throat> but apart from that, you know, error, I think he's was one of the, in fact, probably the most consistent performer at the front across the two weekends um, and was unlucky not to uh, not to take more points, um, obviously, said because of his error. But um, interesting to see whether MP Motorsport, obviously, Home team in in Zandvoort, so they were getting quite a bit of uh, quite a bit of coverage as well locally, uh, trackside. But um, good good to see him uh, him at the front, and hopefully he can he can continue that in 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 Sochi. I think Duan was uh, was strong, but you know never showed anything anything special, and just got stuck in that sort of group. Um, just off the leading positions and, and couldn't really make any progress from there. Yeah, yeah, certainly. And I, I do agree. I, with Halger in particular um, this weekend, he, he just seemed so pumped the whole weekend, every time that he was um, interviewed in, in the press conferences and stuff, he was just so pumped and raring to go. I think like, he, I think he absolutely loved the circuit for one. Um, and he was just absolutely delighted after qualifying in particular, um, and and to get that race win. I think he 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 knew exactly how significant that was um, to to really show that he was back on form. Just prove that um, Spa was indeed a blip. But that's the first time I've seen him that sort of um, energetic all season. Is a very sort of it's a very relaxed, very monotone uh bloke is Dennis but that was the first time I'd seen him properly properly thrilled um this season and as you mentioned Martins I thought was was very absolutely brilliant in in the second race um and I think um as Alejandro said last week uh very good for him to 
hold up his hands and admit when he was in the wrong and he did so again this weekend so that's very good as well um just to cover off the rest of the the weekend really Arthur Leclerc won the first race um ahead of Logan Sargent uh and uh who, who felt that he perhaps could have won that race uh Fred Vesti thought that he could have won the second race but uh, obviously uh didn't Clement Novelak finished second in that race but curiously he decided to sacrifice p8 in the first race to give himself a better starting spot for the second race which he obviously converted into a podium um and he benefited as well from the Schumacher incident to work his way up onto the podium in the third race as well with Alexander Smolier using a brilliant start to round off the podium um I think that that brings uh, the F3 bit of uh, Zandvoort to a close. Of course, we had W Series on that weekend as well. And I think we've got a, a clear title picture shaping up in that championship too. Um, it was another win for Alice Powell um, to take her third win of the season, retake the championship lead, but only on countback uh, from Jamie Chadwick, who finished second with Emma Kimmelainen uh, starting on pole, but dropping back to third after um, a slightly weird one, actually, because uh, there was more grip than she was anticipating so it, it upset the the balance of the car for what that, that i had set up for so it took a little while to to get into a rhythm so uh she dropped back to third um and that's the top three in the championship so uh powell p1 uh chadwick p2 on countback and kimmelainen is third but some way behind with two rounds to go um as far as we're aware w series will be racing in austin um, but I very much have reservations about Mexico City still. Um, but we'll, we'll see in the, in the coming weeks as a uh, healthy gap between now and then. So, um, Roger, you you're also trackside for for W Series, of course. So, um, got a chance to see them again uh, this this week as well. So, um, you've already mentioned that you felt that they're a little bit on the on the slow side uh, around around that circuit. But otherwise, what did you make of uh, W Series? Yeah, well, I think, uh, you know, the cars rather than the drivers, you just noticed the, the speed differential to the Formula 3, and it just just wasn't enough additional power to really uh, to, to make, make much of a move. It was very strange what happened to, to Kim Elinen. I'm not sure about the, the changing grip levels. And she seemed to lose pace. Um, you know, very quickly over a sort of two lap period and slow, the others caught up and then she was passed by Alice Powell and Jamie Chadwick, I think within a lap, but didn't then drop off completely. So um, it seems, seems strange that it, it went very, very suddenly and she lost the two positions. But, um, you know, from trackside, the, there didn't seem to be uh, a, a great deal of, of likelihood of uh, a lot of overtaking in in that race, which I guess is was also the case with the regional cars when when they've raced there raced there before, um, and uh, you know, deserving deserving win for for Alice Powell didn't didn't make a mistake and held the gap to uh, to, to to Jamie Chadwick throughout the once she took the lead from from Kimmelin and. So, um, as you said, I think it's we in this case, unlike Formula Two, we do have uh, uh, a clear uh, a clear championship battle. Yeah, and one of the the few overtakes that was made during the race was by 
Powell's protege, um, Abby Pulling, very late on. Um, brilliant move on Belen Garcia, I believe. Um, and I'm sure Bethany will be be thrilled with with that one as well um, as a British F4 grad, well, driver. Um, Bethany, I'll come to you as well quickly on, on W Series. I don't know whether you're able to, to catch it this weekend, but... Um, what what have you what are you making of the of the championship fight there between uh Powell Chadwick and, and Kimmeline and as a as a remote shot? Yeah, it's it's good. Uh, I think it's found the right balance between what we have in Formula Three and what we have in Formula Two, in that there is actually a championship fight there, but um there are other drivers getting involved, so it's not quite a two-horse race. And I think we've still got time for Kimmelainen to perhaps just come in and take everybody by surprise or the championship to play out as expected with Paola and Chadwick. So there's still some unknowns going into the final two rounds, the final few rounds of the championship. I don't know how many haven't been paying enough, enough attention, but, um, but it's, it's still enough to be able to follow properly with a coherent narrative, which you don't get enough to. Yeah, yeah, certainly. And Kim Lyon's got good form for uh, for doing very well in, in the second half of the W Series Championship. So um, let's see how things pan out in that regard. Um, I think we should cover off a little bit of news and uh, just preview the, the weekend ahead as well quickly um, before our free Zoom meeting runs out. Um, so there's a brand new championship being created called GB4, which will be a feeder series to GB3. Um, which will also use Formula 4 chassis. It will be based in Britain, but it's not replacing British F4. Is that clear? I think so. Um, Jake Hughes is back. He's stepping in for the injured Jack Aitken at Monza as well. And Chinese Formula 4 has postponed its recently rescheduled opener once more, which is a bit of an issue um, for that. Um, And... There's also a fundraiser being set for um, Joel Pearson's next stage of cancer therapy. So do check out formerscout.com and find the link directing to the Just Giving page there. Um, absolutely. Um, so looking ahead to the weekend, there's a lot on. Um, there's Formula 2 at Monza. Uh, Formula Regional European is uh, on at the Red Bull ring. Um, we've got Formula 4 1600 at Alton Park, which will be cracking. Euro Formula is on uh, the Red Bull Ring. French Formula 4 is on at Ledenon. Uh, GB3 is in action at Alton Park as well. Um, and I think that... Uh, oh, and Indy Lights is back as well at Portland. So um, do keep an eye on that. And that Indy Lights... Well, Indy Car is where Callum Eilert will be making his Indy Car debut too uh, with Hunkos Racing. So do keep an eye on that and on top of that you've got Japanese Formula 4 at Sugo, uh, Nakam F4 at Mexico and, and Formula Academy Finland of all things at uh, Alastaro so do keep an eye on that and keep an eye on FormulaScout.com throughout the weekend for the news reaction and everything as well so on, uh, on top of that and on top of all of that stuff coming in the next week or so we've got more features um, I think there's a feature on Crystal Palace of all things in, in the work. So do keep an eye on that. And we'll be starting to get into the business end of a lot of championships as well. So keep an eye out for previews of championship decisions and so forth. Um, 
that's it for this week. Um, been good. Uh, and I guess we'll be back next time with another Form the Scout podcast.